0: So all morning, I've been trying to place my finger. What is that? What is that? And so last sermon series, we had like music for an Avengers movie. Uh, this sermon series, um, X-Files, right? Like, do you hear that? Those of you who are of a certain age, X-Files? Yes, the truth is out there. And we're actually going to talk something about that, uh, that truth this morning. Whew, I'm telling you, 11 o'clock service, you get some random, random stuff. Uh, we're kind of like loosening it up by the time we get to this service, so... Uh, good morning, glad that you are here. Happy Mother's Day uh, to those of you who are moms that are here in the room, those of you joining us online, we are grateful for you. Happy Mother's Day to my wife, Amber, who is up serving in the booth. We love you. Uh, our girls got uh, got her this shirt that's like uh, the, the different stages of motherhood and what your kids refer to you as. Maybe Maybe you've seen this before. And so it starts as mama, and then it goes to mommy, and then mom, and now we are firmly planted into the bruh stage. Uh, everyone, everyone that, that my girls talk to are like, hey, bruh, uh, and so including their, their mother. And so if you find yourself in that stage of life as well as a mom, um, happy bruh day to you too. <laughs> uh, this, is, uh, this is my mom, Lynn. I love this picture of her. It was taken, I think it was 2010. She's, she's holding uh, one of my cousin's daughters there in, in that picture. And, and I love this because it just, it captures um, her smile, uh, how, how her eyes would, would, would squint when she smiled. People say that, that we share that in, in common. And, and so it's, um, it's one of the things that, um, yeah, I miss, I miss most uh, about her. She was, she was pretty great. Uh, I wish that you would have had the chance to meet her. I wish that she would have had the chance to meet, to meet you all, uh, our church, our church family. Uh, mom was born on April twentieth, nineteen fifty-six. She grew up in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, lived all of her life there until her and my dad moved to Cicero uh, when I was around one year old. Uh, Mom drove a school bus for Carmel Clay School System for over 25 years, which I think that right there puts her on the level of sainthood status. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, someone in here is a bus driver or loves a bus driver. That is a tough job, but she did it with so much grace and joy. Uh, the last 10 years that she was a, a bus driver, when, when she could still do it, she uh, drove a, a route for preschoolers with with special needs. And mom was just incredibly kind and, and caring and compassionate. And, and so her personality in that role just was a perfect fit. I, I got to baptize my mom on Easter of 2012. And uh, that picture is one, even though it's grainy and, and certainly not the best, it is one that I, I treasure, not just the picture, but the moment, being able to share that with her. Mom struggled with some health issues for a while. I remember all the way back uh, in, when I was a, a middle schooler, uh, wondering what was going on, wondering why her, her health uh, was, was, was failing her, wondering why she was going to all of these doctors, and they were trying to, to, to get a diagnosis, and, and they couldn't come up with anything. They had no idea what was going on in her and with her. And so they just kind of gave her some very general um, diagnoses until, until much, much later. Uh, she was eventually diagnosed with a disease called cerebellar ataxia. Um, It's this this deterioration of her cerebellum. And for mom, symptomatically, it kind of presented itself as ALS and Parkinson's and MS kind of all wrapped up into this awful little bundle. And it eventually uh, took my mom's life. She passed away on July 8th, 2016. And I got to preach her funeral, which, which was both... Um, One of the hardest things that I've ever done in ministry, while also being one of the greatest blessings that I've ever experienced in ministry. And go back to that picture of me baptizing mom, that brought so much comfort in those moments. I I wish you could have known her. You see, after this little biography about my mom, you know some facts about her. You know when she was born, but but I remember the birthday celebrating her. I remember her, her favorite cake. And when she would get a, a present that, that made her smile and those eyes would, would wrinkle up. You, you know what she did for a living, but, but I remember seeing her just light up when she talked about those kids that she drove on her bus. You know that she was baptized. But there are times when I can still feel my mom in my arms as she was going underneath the water and finding new life in Christ. You know when she passed away, but I remember holding her hand as she took her last breath. And so while you may have knowledge about my mom. I have experience. Just like, just like if you were to share about maybe your mom or, or someone who's important in your life to, to me, you would give me some facts about her. But, but man, that only scratches the surface of what there truly is to know about that person and why they mean so much to you. We can, we can only communicate so much through our words. There's something powerful about shared experiences that really, really, really help us get to know someone, not just more in our head, but to get to know someone intimately. And in a way, that's the tension that I've been wrestling with as we start out this series on the Holy Spirit today. Over the next three weeks, we're going to study the Holy Spirit, who he is, what the role of the Holy Spirit is in in our life and in the life of, of the church. And at the end of these three weeks, we will have just barely scratched the surface, but hopefully we will come away from our time together with a little bit more knowledge about the Holy Spirit. And that's good. But my desire for this series is not that we will just grow in head knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but that we will grow in experiential knowledge of the Spirit. That we will grow in the way that we allow the Spirit to work and move in our life and in our church. But still today, I want to spend some time laying a theological foundation for the Holy Spirit. Uh, if, if you have a Bible or a Bible app you like to use, go and turn with me to John chapter 14. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're new with us, we, we typically like to get into the word of God. We like to do a deep dive into a passage of scripture, kind of exegetical preaching. We, we pull out the truths and then we make applications from that. Um, th- this morning is going to look a little bit more like what's called a topical sermon. We're going to kind of hover over some different places in scripture and, and tie, you know, these, these things all together. But we are going to look just a little bit more at, at this verse in John chapter 14 here in, in just a moment. So go ahead and turn there. Now, to say that in the next few weeks, we will uh, be able to explain everything that there is to know about the Holy Spirit is like saying, I'm, I'm going to capture the entire ocean in a cup. Like, it, is, it is literally impossible to do. There's no way that we could understand everything about the Holy Spirit there, there are things about, about God and about the Spirit and about Jesus and about the Trinity that we will never be able to fully understand. And, and the fact, the fact that we cannot fully understand those things should lead us to stand on our feet and praise Him while also kneeling down to our knees to, to adore Him. And one of the things that I have always had such a hard time wrapping my mind around uh, that makes me praise him and makes me adore him even more is is this concept of the Trinity. The the Trinity is one of the most distinctive doctrines in the Christian faith. It also happens to be, I believe, one of the most confusing. (laughs) This idea that there is one God that is represented in three different persons. Scripture makes it clear that there is one God. And yet what we see are these clues all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that that this God is Trinitarian in form. There is a community within the Godhead that, that, that God is represented in three different expressions or experiences. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And people try to explain the Trinity by saying things like, well, it's kind of like an egg. You know, an egg, it's one thing, but you have three different components of it. You have the outer shell, you have the, 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 the egg white, and then you have the yolk in the middle, and those all come together to make one egg. That's kind of like the, the Holy Spirit. Or they'll say the Holy Spirit or the Trinity is kind of like um, a three-leaf clover. It's the, same, it's the same plant, but there's three different parts of it. Or they'll say the whole, the the Trinity is is kind of like the the different expressions of of water. It's a liquid, it's a solid, and it can be a gas. It's it's all one thing, but there are different expressions of it. And and all of these analogies are helpful. The problem is, if you follow them too far, every single one of them will lead you into some kind of heresy. Um, and, and so that's, that's the danger of trying to capture that which is not able to be captured with simple words or metaphors or analogies. It cannot be done. They are incomplete and imperfect because you cannot explain an unexplainable God. God. All that we can say is that somehow, some way, there is a mystery about this, that the God that we serve and worship exists as three in one in this kind of divine dance. And we see these three expressions of God and these clues of the Trinity all throughout Scripture, including right at the very beginning. In in the second verse of Scripture, we are introduced to the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1-2 says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That word for spirit is is the word ruach. My mouth is getting a little dry, and so I can't even do like the final little, you almost got to, like you're clearing your throat there at the end of that word, the ruach. It is, it is the, the breath or the wind of God. And, and, and right there in the beginning of, of scripture, we see the ruach of God, the breath or the wind of God hovering over the chaos and the darkness and the emptiness and the void He is breathing life and beginning to to bring beauty to the chaos. And so right at the beginning was God and the spirit of God was powerfully at work in creation. You move forward a a handful of verses to Genesis 126. We're still in in the opening chapter of scripture and we find another clue of the Trinity. It says, then God said, let us Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Some plural words here. Who who is God talking to that he is making mankind, man and woman in their image? Well, it's the Trinity. He's talking to the other parts of the Trinity, the Son and the Spirit, and after God forms Adam out of the dust, he breathes his Ruach into him. He breathes his spirit of life into Adam. And so, right here in the opening words and pages of the Bible, we see evidence of the Trinity and we start to see some of the key functions that the Holy Spirit plays. Just like wind is powerful, the Holy Spirit has the power to bring order and beauty. our chaos. Just like breath keeps us alive, the Holy Spirit gives us life. And we see evidence of the Trinity continue throughout the Old and New Testament as well. When Jesus is is giving his sending orders to the disciples in the Great Commission, he tells them, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus places himself and the Holy Spirit on equal ground with the Father. He tells them to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. to do something in the name of someone else meant to invoke that person's character. And so essentially, Jesus sends his disciples and us into the darkness, into the emptiness, into the void of this world and people's lives to baptize them, bringing order to their chaos and new life to their spiritual death. And when we, when we, participate in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus through baptism, we are filled with that Holy Spirit. When we find this new life in Christ, the Spirit of God comes and lives and dwells inside of us. We receive the breath of God, the ruach of God. We receive his power and his life that sustains us. And this was a promise that Jesus gave to us in John 14, look at it with me in verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Hang on to that phrase. Another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And I love verse 18. We're going we're to explore this a little bit more next week. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, there are a couple of words here that are important. The first one is advocate and this title that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit is the, the Greek word paraclete. It, it means the one who comes alongside of. It, it can also be translated um, comforter. Maybe in, in your uh, version of the Bible, the, the interpreters uh, wrote that word as counselor. And so Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will come as our paraclete, will come alongside of us and be our comforter and our helper. The Holy Spirit will be our encourager. But there's another word in this verse that I think is equally important, and it's the word another. Jesus says that he, the Father, will send and give you another advocate. And that word another is interesting. There. There were two Greek words that could be translated as, as another in scripture. And, and if you're observant and watching on the video, you might be like, man, Sean might think that he's going to need some snacks up here uh, while he is preaching. Uh, here it is. This is what I have them for. So another can mean another of different kind. And so here, you know, we've got two different types of snacks. We've got a bag of chips and, and a little thing of, of trail mix. They're both snacks but they're different kind of snacks. That's one word for another. It's another of a different kind. That's one Greek word for that, but that's not the one that's used in John 14. The word that's used here means another of the same kind. It's like having another bag of chips because when you have one, at least me, I always want another one. It is another of the same kind. That's the word that Jesus uses here. The Holy Spirit is another of the exact same kind as the Son and the Father. Why is that important? It's important because Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit will be to us what he is to the twelve disciples. The Holy Spirit will be God's presence in those who believe. The Holy Spirit will be our advocate, our helper, our counselor. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to fight temptation and to break the strongholds that are in our life. It gives us the power to be able to speak boldly for Christ. He gives us strength to push on and to endure. The Holy Spirit comforts us when we feel defeated and reminds us that God has not left us as orphans in this world, but has adopted us into his family. Paul says in Ephesians 1 that the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. He is God's mark and seal on us. And that's a small glimpse into who the Holy Spirit is. He is the Ruach of God, the the wind, the breath that moves and brings life and power. He is our advocate that comes to our defense against the accusations of Satan that tries to tear us down and destroy us. He leads us to the truth. He is our encourager, our comforter, our counselor. One commentary says the Holy Spirit is the point at which the Trinity becomes personal to the believer. Through the Holy Spirit, we experience the power of God and the life of Jesus living and moving in us. And I wonder today, where do you need that life and that power in your own life? Where do you need order in in a chaotic place in your life or a chaotic relationship that you're in? Where do you need new life in a place that feels void, that feels dark, that feels empty? Maybe a place where you need counsel and comfort. A few weeks ago, I was talking with Claudia Mitchell, who, uh, if you know Claudia, you love her. She does a lot of counseling for us here at the church. And we, were, and we were talking about how appropriate it was that on Mother's Day, we would be starting a series on the Holy Spirit. And today is a, a great day to celebrate the moms in our lives, but, but Mother's Day can also be a really hard day for a lot of people. In fact, I know personally some women who stay home on Mother's Day because of the pain that it causes. It's too much for them to see moms celebrate because it reminds them of what they've lost or what they've longed for and have never had. Motherhood can be hard, <laughs> I hear. And there's certainly a place in motherhood for a counselor and a comforter of the Holy Spirit. And so if I can just speak to the moms for a little bit. May the Holy Spirit be your counselor and comforter as you feel like you are at the end of your rope and you don't know what else to do. When you feel like you have blown it and maybe ruined your kids forever because of what you did or what you said. May the Spirit be your counselor and comforter when you feel crushed by the expectation to be the perfect mom. May the Holy Spirit be your advocate when Satan whispers lies that makes you feel like you don't measure up or that you are not enough. In those moments of self-sacrifice that go oftentimes unnoticed or unappreciated, may the Spirit encourage you that you are Matter that those little moments matter more than you could ever know. To the women who desire to be a mom, but it just hasn't happened yet. May the spirit comfort you when the pain of loss or unfulfilled expectation wears you down. May, may the spirit bring peace to the chaos of your mind as you wonder why, God, are you not answering my prayers? When, when, when the, the, the chaos makes you question God's goodness or when others make you feel less than because you're not a mom. And to the moms who have had an abortion, the moms who have given up a child for adoption. Know that you are seen and you are loved. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside and bring you peace today in the midst of that pain. Bring you healing in your heart today. Maybe you lost your mom this year and this is the first Mother's Day that you've had without her. And it's just kind of opened up those wounds that you thought were starting to heal. Maybe it's been years and you still wish, you still wish that you could just pick up the phone and hear her voice one more time. And tell her happy Mother's Day and that you love her. Maybe the relationship with your mom is uh, complicated, difficult. There's a strain in that relationship. And today is a reminder that won't. Today, may you, may you not just know that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and a counselor. May you know the Holy Spirit as your comforter And your counselor, may you not just know that he brings order to the chaos, but may you feel him bring that to the chaos of your life. And may we not just know that he is our advocate, but may we experience the peace and the presence of the living God living and moving inside of us. Father, thank you for the gift of the Spirit and thank you that there are things that we can know about him, but there is a beauty to him that we can only experience. And so Father, I pray that we will experience more of him, that I will experience more of him in my life, that there will be a deeper reliance and trust as you lead us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that today, in those places where it is needed that you will be the comforter and the counselor that you have always been. Oh Lord, be that again. And may your spirit come and move powerfully in our lives, bringing new life and in our church, bringing others to come to know you as well. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can watch all of our video content, both current and past, on our YouTube channel? Visit youtube.com slash Sherwood Oaks to watch messages, series, and complete worship services.